coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Hi, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome to another wonderful podcast on peace. Peace begins with each of us, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Sharon Byrne. When she walked into my United Nations Association meeting, my heart almost stopped fluttering because it was like, who is this powerhouse? Who is this woman? Well, this is about six years later, and she is still that powerhouse, although she's not the best kept secret anymore. Everybody wants Sharon to work on their team. This woman is a powerhouse. She's smart. She can write and She's the vice president of the United Nations Association. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I thank you for joining us today on Valentine's Day when we are celebrating the gift of love. And I want to tell you why we do this podcast. We do it for peace, happiness, and healthy living. And there's nobody better equipped than that Sharon Byrne to tell us about this Women's Day coming up, the 2020 campaign. Without us women today, I don't know if Rotary, I just went, I'm now president of the Rotary E-Club of World Peace. I went to the convention in Los Angeles. I was blown away. We're more like 70% women now. And so this campaign that began, I'm going to start with that. Sharon, what motivated you to know so much about women in the International Women's Day and our ability to vote today. Go girl. It's pretty amazing. So, you know, because we have the United Nations Association, we do look at the UN's calendar of designated days. And we all noticed about three years ago, Women's Day. And we were like, hey, that's kind of interesting. You know, the Women's March really um, took the nation by storm in January of 2017. Um, and it was the first time we'd seen women on their feet like that around the world. Sort of it was a multi-million woman march around the world. So that's very impressive. Well, it turns out it's not new. Uh, it's not a new thing in the world that about 100 some odd years ago, uh, women were agitating for the right to vote. And you would think this would have been a slam dunk, but who did they have to agitate for? all the men who were in power who didn't want to give it to them. At that time in the world, um, in the 1890s and so on, it was just unheard of that women would vote and it was unheard of that women would ever serve in office. In fact, there are a couple of really good films that have come out recently about this and, and it's, they are worth watching. Uh, one is Suffragette and it is the British women's struggle in 1919 to get the vote. Um, American women got it first. British women would not get it till a year later. French women, not till after World War II. I mean, we keep thinking that it's been forever that we've had this right, but it, this is not true. Saudi women got it in 2014. This is very, you know, like it's not a done deal, right? Um, but a hundred years ago, there was sort of a bit of a worldwide suffragette movement, predominantly started in Europe. Um, and women were very much agitating for the right to vote. So what ended up happening was kind of the first time a bunch of women got on their feet was in 1911. Uh, it was March 19th and it was called International Women's Day and it was marked for the first time by over a million women in Austria, Denmark, Germany, and Switzerland. They wanted the right to vote and they wanted the right to hold public office and they protested against um, discrimination in employment practices, which would have been rampant. Um, and that was the first one. And it kind of got a lot of people on their feet. In 1914, there was one in London 
um, to Trafalgar Square, and it was to support women's suffrage. And as you know from the history of uh, women's suffrage movement, it was quite violent. Uh, women were very forcibly oppressed. A second um, series that has come out very recently, it's a French series called Le Gelte de Bizarre, um, and it's about a terrible fire that broke out in 1897 at a women's charity bazaar in Paris, and 200 women and children inside perished in this fire. It, it spread so fast. All the men that were at the bazaar somehow made it out safely. And as the film unrolls, you know, as the series unrolls, what you discover is how women were agitating for liberté, égalité, fraternité, right? That is the French uh, model that is based on the U.S. Constitution, and it's liberty and, and sort of um, equality and brotherhood. Um, and women really wanted the equality part to be fulfilled for women in France. So when this new story broke out and some of the women inside that survived talked about this, the men had shoved all the women into the fire to save themselves. And this sort of got a lot of women really upset and on their feet. So all this is happening around the women's suffragette movement, right? There's this sort of rising tide of violence. There's this women on their feet. And then the world changed on March 8th in 1917. Women textile workers in Russia just had had enough. They just, they, they called it the bread and roses march. They were tired of suffering. The men were gone in World War I. The, the losses were staggering. People were starving. There was no bread. Um, people took to the streets. And the women were the ones that got up and agitated. And a bunch of people around them realized there was a ton of energy here that got unleashed. Because when women get mad, um, things start, there's a lot of energy that goes with that. It gets unleashed. Just ask Mother Nature in a disaster how much energy gets unleashed when a female presence gets mad. So the Bolsheviks seized on the momentum that the women had created, and they overthrew the czar and created the Soviet Union. So I think the moral of this story is when women get on their feet and get mad, the world absolutely can change. So stay quiet for a little while, and then it happened again on the eve of the Spanish Civil War in Madrid in 1936. Women started agitating. They were very upset. And the very next day, the Spanish Civil War broke out. So I think the UN, sort of in its wisdom, having been formed 75 years ago, thought, you know, we've seen historically when women get mad, things happen. And as we know, Eleanor Roosevelt drafted the Bill of Human Rights. So they designated March 8th, which is when a lot of these marches had happened historically, as International Women's Day. And they did that in 1975. So this is kind of a bit late in the game, but they, but they did. Um, and what they use it for and what the UN does it for is what they want to do is they want to advance women's rights, voting rights, equality rights around the world. So it's really a day for us to take a time out and do that. Um, but Women's Day doesn't always have a happy history. Uh, some women began to agitate in March in Iran around March 4th, 2007 to host a Women's Day to get voting rights. And the police beat and arrested hundreds of people. So the work is not done, and that is why we have a Women's Day, is to bring women together. So here in Santa Barbara, we are very lucky. We have a really cool event coming up. We did this for the first time last year, and we were blown away by the response, right? You and I decided on a Monday, hey, Women's Day is on Friday. Let's go do something. And we invited a bunch of women to have lunch with us at Pascucci's and hear about all the amazing advancements that women have made and learn the history of Women's Day. We are very lucky. We are served by two incredible state legislators, Hannah Beth Jackson and Monique Limon. They have been passing bills in the state of California that are writing 
women's history, basically, is what they're doing. In some cases, we have more advanced rights than women in places like Sweden, who have been doing this a lot longer. So, for example, Hannah passed a bill to make it so that any corporation in California must have women on its board. And there was a lot of anger about that bill and, you know, why did you have to do that? And that really actually was the central question. Why did we have to do that? Because if we don't force them to put women on the board and women are huge consumers in the United States and responsible for a lot of purchasing decisions in households, they don't put women on the board. There actually is a glass ceiling for board membership. So when she passed that bill, she got calls from foreign countries and she got calls from other states saying, how did you do that? And so other people are going to do this bill. Monique passed a bill requiring that employers make accommodations for women who are breastfeeding in the workplace. Wow, 2019, and we have to tell employers, hey, you need to legitimize the business of women that only women have to do. It's, we shouldn't be putting women in the closet and making them pretend that they're not women. We should actually be saying, you know what? You're a woman, you might have a child, you might have to breastfeed, we should make accommodation for that. And there's no reason not to do that. But again, we have to legislate it. So these two are doing amazing things. So what we're gonna do this year, there is a wonderful Her Festival. We got so stormed last year by women coming to this lunch. It was such a great uplifting experience. It was so amazing to meet all those incredible women just doing amazing things across the world. And we also met amazing women at our Peace Prize event doing incredible work in the world. So we want to repeat that experience. Pascucci's is here in Santa Barbara, wonderful restaurant, woman business owner. She's moved to 529 State Street. She just got a new location and it's a great location. So we're going to gather our women. We're going to do it on March 1st this year because California moved the primary up to March 3rd. So what we're going to do is we're going to gather a bunch of women and get them energized to exercise the right to vote that so many women died for us to have that right. It was not a peaceful thing. As you said, Barbara, you know, they didn't just wake up one day and just decide to give us the right to vote. We got beaten, we got, you know, tortured, you know, force fed, all kinds of stuff. But we had to do that in order to get to the right to vote. So it's 100 years since that's happened. The world takes takes a lot of work. It just doesn't happen. I honor Hannah Beth Jackson, and I hope we nominate her for this year's Peace Prize because she has done more for peace for women to feel peaceful in the working place, to feel people are able to include us in their boards. This is the peace that we've been asking for. We've always brought the peace to our children, but now we have to bring it to the corporate world. So March 8th is Women's International Women's Day, and it's hashtag each for equal. But we're going to celebrate, as, as my dear Sharon just said, March 1st, which is a Sunday at Pascucci's. Following the luncheon at Pascucci's, what are we going to do? So we're going to meet at Pascucci's at two, I mean, at noon, and we're going to have a wonderful three-course lunch, um, and it's only 20 bucks, and you're going to meet some of the best women you ever met. You're going to get a whole new sisterhood. And by the way, we were very happy to see men in the lunch last year, and we thank them for being men who support women. So the invitation is open. We want to see diversity in the room. We just want to see a really solid, good gathering of all kinds of great people. Wear white, because white is the color of the suffragettes. At but probably about 1.40, we're going to leave Pascucci's and we're going to march up State Street and we're going to go to Delaguerre Plaza. We're going to gather with a whole crowd up there and we are going to march to the courthouse in silence to honor the sacrifice of the women that got us the right to vote. And then we are all going to vote like maniacs on March 3rd. This is a big primary in California, right? So we are all going to actually, I don't care who you vote for, but you have to vote. That is the point, right? That we have to exercise our right to democracy. 
And then March 8th, the following weekend, there is a wonderful Her Festival in Gersh Park. So that's why we moved our event up, was to give Her Festival a chance to really bloom, you know, not have a competing event. But we also wanted to energize women going into the primary about their right to vote and making darn sure they exercise that right. Wow, you're listening to Sharon Byrne. Sharon Byrne is what I call a liberated woman, a woman of passion and a woman who can make things happen. Uh, she's so popular in Santa Barbara now that I have to wait to even talk to her, but God bless <laughs> The United Nations Association is so proud of Sharon because we are women who are working for a better world. We're bringing the peace, the happiness, and the healthy living to our town and to the world. Now, I'm going to bifurcate just a second. The 75th anniversary of the United Nations is coming up. Now, we have the women's group that we're working with, and we're so proud of our women in Santa Barbara. I think we hold more offices in many communities with women in them, and thank God. But I also look forward to us having more positions worldwide at the United Nations. The 75th anniversary of the United Nations is this year. 2020. It is. And Antonio Gutierrez is our Secretary General, who believes, as Sharon and I do, that conversation is the way you move forward. Now, he doesn't mean you just go out and talk to any old people you want. No, he wants to hear from you. Yes, it does. Opinion about where we should go as the United Nations, as the global voice. And I'll just give you one more sentence about this, and I want to hear from Sharon. We in the United Nations Association, UNASB.org, work to bring local projects with a global sphere so that our local projects, like from Fukushima to Diablo, now what? Voices of Youth, International Human Rights Day when we had Eleanor Roosevelt, would be lookalike, come and talk to us. And human rights are there for us, but many people don't even know that. So anyway, go to un75th.org and be part of the conversation. Sharon, what are we gonna do in our United Nations group? Oh, so here you go. So we have our annual meeting coming up. It is March 24th. And on March 24th, we are going to conduct a consultation. The United Nations wants to hear from its chapters across the United States on what the people are thinking, right? And we all know that we need to, to think globally and act locally. So we will be going through a consultation. They have provided us with a toolkit. There's a set series of questions that we are gonna ask. And we are basically inviting the community of Santa Barbara and Tri-Counties to come to this conversation. It will be facilitated. We will record the things that people suggest and the things that they want to see in their UN. It's a very good discussion to have at 75 years old. And I think, by the way, we look great for 75. Um, you know, <laughs> right? I think it's a very good conversation. There came the United Nations and my mother's, my mother, I was so you know, born, so I didn't know that. But my, par my parents and my grandfather were so in love with the United Nations. How about your parents? Very much so. So obviously my parents are British coming out the end of World War II. They wanted to see a strongly united world and not see the rise of another fascist dictatorship. So yes, to them, this looked like exactly the right thing to do. So it'll be very good to get, you know, hundreds of people in a room basically at the university club and just say, hey, let's have a conversation, right? Oh. That is so beautiful. Let's have a conversation. 
you know, I wrote a book with Mark Fowler and a couple of others on revolutionary conversations, the kind of conversations that change the world, the kind of conversations that take you from an anger position to an understanding position, the kind of conversations that Sharon and I are having. Sharon has this ability to get to the heart of a matter. And then you can understand why we are so passionate about women making a difference on planet Earth. And men, you, the men who support us, I bless you. On this Valentine's Day, I give you my heart because you've been there. You've walked with us. My late husband, Robert Mueller, was an advocate for women everywhere. No matter where we went, women would flock around him. Why? Because he honored them as who they are. Their contribution that we're bringing to our planet. Oh, I just, it just gives me such much, so much pleasure to hear Sharon and to remember that we have a voice and we cannot sit home and pretend it isn't going to happen. It's happening. Climate change is with us. Peace is with us. And listen to other peace podcasts. We just interviewed Mandar App and he's working with gangs in LA to bring them to peace with the police. And there oh, are so many ways that we can help. So without further ado, Sharon, if you were to have a magic wand, would you have each of us be equal or what would you do for our planet? So I love the idea of, of a better planet and more you know, equality and be better enabled. This year, the women's theme is Each for Equal. That's the Women's Day campaign theme. Um, and it's a great idea, right? So an equal world is an enabled world and we want to be an enabled world. And it's not, equality is not just a women's issue. It is essential for economies and for communities to thrive, right? So a gender equal world could be a healthier, wealthier and more harmonious world. So, and that's from the boardroom to the government, to media coverage, right? To sports, to, I mean, more equality in health and wealth is only going to be better for the entire planet. So I love this theme of each for equal. And I love the idea of us coming together for a more equal world. And again, not just for women, people of color, you know, we really need to be a respectful world and we really need to be a place where we support each other, not as our good, our Peace Prize winner last year told us, not a place where we keep trying to invent ways to kill each other. We want to flip that. Absolutely. Um, and go to unasb.org and find out about the 75th anniversary. And you're listening to Sharon Byrne. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller, thanking you for joining us for another episode of Peace Podcast. Listen to us often and we'll join you in your conversation. Thank you. Thank you.